Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Hey folks, Jason Bond in the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio. Tom is here with me and we have Brian Mills and Will Maples, two of our Mississippi State Ag Economists. So good to see y'all guys. Thanks for driving over to Stoneville this morning, Will. Yeah, thank y'all. Glad to be back on here. I'm sure he had something else to do. I mean, there might be a faculty. <laughs> but but that's probably not here. No. So you, oh, <laughs> ah, I see. That's cool. Yeah, we're good for it, I promise. We'll try not to make the comment about the fact that he was trying to escape the faculty meetings. So, Tom, we, we had a couple weeks ago our discussion about Indian summer and the debate on whether at that time that was Indian summer. What do you call it after it's been 45 for like five mornings in a row and now it's 80? I, I don't know. I'm and, not even going to make a statement about that because I was so wrong. So that discussion centered around when we had that little cool snap like i don't know that was probably the end of september sometime it got uh, sounds about it got right. moderate not really cool but and and you said hey wouldn't you call this an indian summer yeah, and, and was, i'm pretty sure that tom spoke up and said no 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 indian summer only occurs like sometime in the winter so it'd be yeah. like in february or march no we, we were incorrect it is actually something that occurs in autumn which well, we would be in right now when it's 75 in the morning after it's been 45 for a few days it's kind of 75 and foggy kind of uncomfortable i personally am ready for full-blown fall thankfully it didn't rain here but it sure did in east mississippi we got finished cutting beans yesterday and it about 30 minutes removed from the first storm rolling through the verona tupelo area really yes it has a chance of rain a couple days next week yeah i think starting monday we got through cutting plots last night so at least here we're in pretty good shape will and brian are here in I guess that would have been two weeks ago when we talked to Daniel Stevenson about fall burn down. Is that right? Two weeks ago? Yeah, that had, sounds about right. Because we had Corey Bryant last week, and then Daniel would have been the week before. So we, we talked to Daniel about burn down, obviously, because he's a, a weed scientist just like I am. But then the issue of pricing came up and modifying herbicide programs based on the the pricing, and then in addition to the pricing, the availability of some of those products. So we thought it would be prudent to get Brian and Will in and kind of throw their two cents in on these issues. And a lot of it, who knows, beyond any of our ability to predict. But that's what we intend to talk about this morning. So last week, I kind of jumped the gun on Corey when I asked Corey what he was going to dress up for as Halloween because I was a week off. But Halloween (laughs) is... Well, it'll be next week. So when when you're listening to this episode, we'll be in Halloween week. So what you gonna be for Halloween, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> the dejected yeah. look on Brian's face was stellar. Stunned him. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't see that coming. He didn't Did see, that see that coming. coming. Yeah, like I grew up in the country, so like Halloween wasn't a big thing. You'd have to drive. You couldn't do trick or treating. You'd have to drive somewhere. You had to have your mom drive you to the next house like oh, well, okay. see that's the way mine was it, it just <laughs> yeah. wasn't a big deal yeah. i mean it was like two houses down the road and we trick-or-treated them and then anything else was yeah. like a production you know you, you got to, like one candy bar and an apple yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like okay we're going home now all right wilson yeah. now you've had an extra 45 seconds to think about it think about it i'm gonna be in stillwater oklahoma for halloween so i'll have to get my cowboy okay for homecoming will the cowboy tom still doesn't know i haven't given any thought to that I have done some decent outfits the last few years. I did grew one year. So Amanda got little man's Elvis costume in the other day. So we're full go to 
he'll be a ten and a half month old Elvis. I have an Elvis wig. Uh, I've actually threatened to wear it for Zoom meetings well, just the, because people haven't really seen me in a while. So it would be funny to stick it on there. The inspiration for him being Elvis is his actual hair. There's no need for him to have a wig because he has plenty of he has plenty of hair to start with. Obviously, you all are in the phase of planning budgets for the 2022 season. Do you want to give an update for what you all are thinking about on that line right now? Yes, yeah, so we're almost done with our planning budgets. They'll be out next month. We're getting them wrapped up as we're going to talk about planning budgets right now, this time of year with how input prices are going is going to all just keep going up, up, up. It's one of those things that's kind of hard to plan for. For those, we usually survey companies across the state. And so we're just looking at just like fertilizer costs, just from, from what we did last year. Um, corn, we're looking at about $75 an acre more just in fertilizer costs. Soybeans, about $14.5 more from last year. Rice, about $45 more. And then cotton, about 32 So everything's going up quite a bit from what we were last year. And Brian, that's just for fertilizer? That's just for fertilizer, yeah. Okay. So you talk about all the other costs. Your your chemical costs are all going up. Equipment costs are definitely going up. Um, for sure. We, we, we do survey those as well, but we do that in, usually in the earlier in the spring, early summer. So it's went up quite a bit since then. So, but we still are seeing quite a bit large increases in, in pretty much all inputs. And so for like corn, I mean, talk about $75 an acre for corn. If you're making 220 yield, well, this next year, then you need 34 cents more a bushel just to stay even where you were um, the year before. Soybeans, that's 24 cents a bushel more. Just to, just That's just to stay even, not to make more money. And so we're seeing quite a bit large increases that you're going to need just to stay where you were in 2021 for next year. Do you have a, and I hate to say it, but a bit of a fudge factor for how things may change in the next few weeks when it comes to those budgets based on those prices for fertilizer? Or are you, so are you, these, these budgets every year, we try to stick with the same methodology to create them year in, year out, so we can compare back across time right but yes this is one year for sure that we're gonna have to probably do some updating come january february but these kind of just we have a method we follow and we try to stick with that method because it's hard to get all because we have to survey actual like companies and stuff yeah um and so it's hard to get since there's so many different fertilizers chemicals pesticides all these things and so it's hard to get all that data and update it quickly again. And so we kind of just stick with the way we do it. And it's kind of the best way that we can get numbers every year. Cause you don't want to keep asking people throughout the year. They get tired of it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and oftentimes they don't know either. You know, yeah, in, yeah. In a case Things like changing, this yeah. with that budget, I know guys use those when they start planning for the following crop and, but then they also use it for their lenders as well tom mentioned fudge factor so how do you approach the you know if you are a farmer how do you approach that with this is the information that i can produce to say you're having a conversation with your lender here's the information i can produce but i really don't know what it's actually going to be when we get to the point of needing input abc whether it's fertilizer herbicide fungicide whatever how, how do you attack that probably the best way would 
be to sort of talk to whoever you buy your, your fertilizer and chemicals from and get a, a rough idea and then adjust our budgets to what you're seeing um, from, from your suppliers. And I, I would just say just plan it all out, figure out, all right, here's what I'm going to need for this crop. Go from either our budgets or your own and, and then adjust those prices from what you're seeing. Because, again, ours is just like an average. So everybody's going to have a little bit different situation and different prices, different amounts that you're putting on um, as well. Yeah, and it might be good for them to give themselves a range also. So when they sit down and do that, they can bump it 10%, lower it 10%, kind of take some different numbers to the bank with them to kind of show, all right, here's where I think I'm at. But if it if stuff ends up 10 15% more expensive on me, then this is where I'll be at to kind of really get a good idea of where expenses could end up. So, Brian, you quoted the numbers on the fertilizer over last year. Percent wise, do do you have an idea, like say where we were July one versus November one being week after next? I deal in percents yeah, is the I, reason I ask. I've seen like some quotes on fertilizer that are up seventy percent from say last year. Okay, it's kind of especially on the nitrogen fertilizer coming out of New Orleans. Some of the quotes down there off the barges were up seventy percent or more. And I've heard some herbicide numbers of specific products that are just kind of boggle my mind for what I'm accustomed to over the past few years. That really influences the way we operate. For corn, we're looking at like, these are just like rough numbers from our budgets, but you're looking at from like $189 an acre up to $264. And so it's at 75. So it's about 40% somewhere around there. I know y'all haven't been doing this forever, but as you were preparing the budgets and then as these things have happened this fall, can you look back and see, is there a time where something similar to this happened? I know we've had really high fertilizer prices in some years in the last decade or decade plus, and and there's been little spikes, but in my memory, I don't remember something that kind of covered the full spectrum of inputs like this seems to be trending towards, if that makes sense. So last I know, fertilizer-wise, I think the record high we've hit was back in 2011, 12, 10, some, somewhere in that time range. I can't remember the year off the top of my head. Were you in high school? I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I graduated in 2011 from high school. So, <laughs> Hey, Tom, little... <laughs> you weren't in high school in 2011. <laughs> no, that's, that's kind of what I was just sitting here thinking about, just... Stop. Yeah, so <laughs> shaming several of us in the room. Because <laughs> it usually, like fertilizer, it seems like it follows a lot what corn prices do. So when corn prices usually go up, you see a little bit higher fertilizer prices as well. Yeah. But as far as across the board, the input prices being up like they are, I'm not super familiar with a time like this either in recent memory. Maybe the 80s, I guess, when you saw... Sort of that big inflation in the 80s, you when, saw prices go when, up. When Tom was in high when school. Tom yeah, when Tom was in high school. <laughs> so you didn't have to back into that one. That one just came to you, Tom. It stinks being the oldest one in the room. It was more towards the latter part of the 80s. Reagan was president. I do remember that. Jason and I do get an awful lot of questions about which input can we cut. As an ag-related scientist, that's really difficult because sometimes what you see is just the discipline that you necessarily work within. So i focus on the fungicide area and typically don't get questions about that. But people always say, hey, you know, I have this budget in front of me. This is what it's going to cost to raise my crop for the year. What can I cut? And that's 
probably even more difficult as economists when somebody asks you. And the one that I know we talked about in this room was don't cut the fertilizer. I know that that's going to be a really expensive cost up front, but that's where you put basically the foundation down for that crop for the entire season is fertilizer fertility needs and soil sampling. Cause I know that we'd had that conversation about soil sampling and where that really drives the train as to what somebody needs to put back into the system, especially given some of the yield numbers that we have heard over the last few weeks. Well, I think strategically there's two tracks to it. I mean, you can you know, bite the bullet and spend the money on the inputs, hoping to, ring the bell so to speak on yield of whichever crop that you're producing or you can dial it back and trim inputs and accept the the lower yield that's more than likely gonna accompany the reduction in inputs and you know in my case with herbicides if we don't kill weeds early in the season well as far as weed control goes that's when our yield potential is set so, say soybeans. It's the first four weeks after emergence is the critical period for weed control for soybeans. We don't control weeds during that period. Our yield's compromised. Doesn't matter what else we do to it. And every other input fertilizer you mentioned, Tom, is the same way. There's certain times in the plant's life cycle that it needs that fertilizer the most, and that's when we've got to get it into the system. Fungicide is and is the same way. You know, if in the presence of disease. If you don't use the fungicide, you're not going to control the disease. And just hypothetically, the, the one that I recall quite frequently, because this typically tends to be a pretty common conversation I have towards the middle or end of the year, and wheat would be the crop that typically people call me about, and they say, hey, my neighbor put a fungicide on and I didn't, and I ended up cutting 30 or 40 bushels, again, hypothetically less than he did, and, and then you start walking them through inputs, hey, well, did you do this? And then they come out and I say, well, I didn't put, I didn't put all my nitrogen out. And it's like, well, what's your expectation that the fungicide is going to help you overcome, overcome that input that you didn't put in there? Your neighbor did everything right, and maybe you didn't. So you're not comparing apples to apples. It ends up being, you know, an apple and a pomegranate. And then you have the inputs through the course of the year. My stuff is pretty front-loaded between burn down and early season stuff, and yours outside of seed treatments, tends to be yep. backloaded. Towards the end of the season, So for by sure. the time I get to the point of needing a fungicide, I may not be able or be unwilling to spend the money on it at that point in the year. So I guess, Brian, I will, what, related to that, if you're having a discussion with somebody, agronomics aside, about trimming inputs, what do those conversations look like for you guys? For me, I guess it's go back to soil sampling and get an understanding of what you need um, for that year. So if it's soil sampling, then you get a more accurate fertilizer, any of these about anything that will make you have a more accurate understanding of, of what you're applying, what you're putting on. And so if you know that, then you can sort of go into the, the break even and find out, okay, at this price, I know I, I can I can make money. And that's kind of where I think it's important to know all these costs so then you know when to sell. It gets into sort of Will's area with, with marketing. And so that's where you can kind of sort of make up some of this is that you can you can um, have a better marketing plan based off of your costs. So the more you know about your costs, the better your marketing plan can be so that you can actually make money 
um, when you have sort of these higher higher costs and your margins are, are a little bit tighter. So the more more information you have, you're always going to be a little bit better off. Yeah, and thinking of that marketing side of this too also, you know, we're still looking at pretty decent commodity prices. The expectation right now, I think November 22, soybeans are still over $12. December 22, corn still over $5. Commodity prices are still there to help afford some of these inputs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, we still probably are looking at positive margins even with this these higher input costs. So, getting an idea of what price you need and is that market going is, is it offering you a price you can go ahead and lock in to help you cover these higher input prices and still make a profit and will you commented earlier it may have been before we started recording that we're actually you know break even we're about st- still where we were with lower commodity prices plus lower input prices in in recent years last year you know we had lower input prices in the year before that but commodity prices were not good. We, we were still really low. And this year, though, we, we are seeing these higher commodity prices to help offset, hopefully, some of these higher input costs as well. Well, we're still better off than we were, say, two years ago when we had really low three-something corn prices, eight-something soybean prices. So even with these higher fertilizer costs, we are probably a little bit better off than we were a couple years ago. Looking back over previous years, is there a time in the year where those tend to either spike up or top out and and level off. And I guess I'm thinking about it as far as a projection because we're obviously on an uphill trend right now. Is this going to continue into January, February, March, or are we going to get to a level and top out? So is there any history related to that? I don't know of any history. I've never really – that kind of price data you don't really find over years. I mean, over over a year to really look at but you know usually when you think about your inputs you want to get those locked in once you figure out what you're going to be planning next year you want to start locking that stuff in just to know you're going to have it available to use as far as this current situation i kind of lean towards that stuff's just going to keep going up and up but (laughs) i I really don't have a good answer especially a lot of it has to do with your sort of supply issues so it's hard to predict what's going to happen with that um, I mean, we this spring we could be in a completely different situation and prices go down. Predicting prices is always going to be difficult. So the take-home message is that even the economists don't have a crystal ball when it comes <laughs> yeah. to any of this. And there's still <laughs> an awful lot of uncertainty, not only in the markets, but for all of the 2022 crop at this point. Really, this is the biggest take-home message from me would be, you know, dealing with these higher input costs is having that marketing plan in place, knowing what you need to be selling for and watching the market to right now is a time you can go ahead and start locking in prices for 2022. So need to really be a savvy marketer coming through the winter and into the spring to try to help make sure you can meet, meet the margins you need. It's one of those situations. If you know what you're going to spend, you see a price now that you can lock in where you're going to make money, then lock in and make some money. Um, my 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 view on that is farming if you can make money you take that i don't guess i had really thought about the marketing aspect of it and i was thinking about locking in prices but i wasn't thinking about the fact that you could make up for some of these input costs with a, a solid marketing plan i have more i guess black and white input output i just was going to say at the end of the day it's it's really not a break-even business 
you have to support a family and, and everybody else that works on the farm. And to do that, you need to figure out the best way to make money. And that's pretty important. So using those budgets and picking up the phone and not being shy about asking questions is really important. And we'll see Brian and Will. Well, we'll see Brian every day, but we'll see Will through the winter. And as this situation continues to evolve, you know, we'll for sure get these guys back in here and try to keep you up to date as possible. We'll hope that nothing changes, but we will all be in Starkville for Row Crop Shore Course that first week of December. And I think that would be a great time to commiserate and ask each other questions. And, and definitely there'll be a lot of information provided at that particular meeting moving into 2022 that will be pretty beneficial. We appreciate it, guys. We really appreciate the continued comments. Something we enjoy doing. We hope that it's important, pertinent, and timely information. We really appreciate Will and Brian being with us here this morning. That's definitely important information to think about moving forward. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension. 